This is Carrie and Michelle, and welcome to Raising Your Consciousness. This is a space to raise our consciousness and reach our full spiritual potential. And that's through spiritual, esoteric, and even magical practices. We're here to bring happiness and meaning back into your life. Let's get started. Good evening, everyone. This is Michelle Thompson and Carrie Fitzgerald. And today we are going to be talking about the seven hermetic principles. And where do they come from? What are they? And how can you apply it to your life? Why don't you tell us what the the Hermetic Principles are? So all of this is pretty old. It originated with Hermes Trismegistus. He is a legendary figure that originated in Hellenistic times. He's thought to be sort of this combination of the Greek god of Hermes and the Egyptian god of of Thoth. And he is the author of these esoteric texts, uh, including the Hermetica, And people might be more familiar with the idea of the Emerald Tablet. Out of his writings come these seven hermetic principles that we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about what they are and how you can use them to raise your own consciousness with these principles. I would be interested in learning a little bit more about Hermes, too. So maybe we (laughs) could have a a secondary episode on Hermes, Hermeticism, uh, his writings, and, and where he came from, because uh, yeah. there, there's definitely a lot to talk about there. There's a lot of philosophy behind all that. I love mm-hmm. philosophy. That's like one of my favorite subjects. Okay, so what we're going to do here is I'm just going to kind of name off a few of them, and then we're mm-hmm. going to take them one at a time and really have a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. So the very first one we have is the principle of mentalism. The next one is the principle of correspondence. The third one is the principle of vibration. The fourth is the principle of polarity. The fifth is the principle of rhythm. And the sixth is the principle of cause and effect. And the last is the principle of gender. Let's just dive into the first one. The principle of mentalism. Mentalism, interesting term. In the Kabbalion, it says... The all is mind. The universe is a mental. What does that mean to you? What do you think that means? It's a great first principle because for those of us who are seeking a spiritual path and trying to use our minds to create what we're looking for in in this lifetime, the idea is that our minds can create reality, right? And you think about everything around us began with a thought. Like if you imagine the chair you're sitting on, somebody had to think of that chair and design that chair. It was a thought before it was uh, reality, right? And so I think this principle deals with how our thoughts can affect reality, right? And in maybe a more weirder sense, I don't know if you've heard of the idea of our universe being a simulation. Yeah, so you yeah. can almost imagine that like our universe and and the whole is an is an idea, right? Maybe it's God's idea, maybe it's another being's idea, but I that's what I feel like mentalism is about. I'd like to know what how you interpret this principle. Well, you know, if you look at the definition here, it says the principle of mentalism states that the universe is kin to a mental projection. And you just said that. Like a, um, what a simulation, it was like? right? A simulation, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like manifesting one on one, which is all about using our thoughts to shape our reality. 
Mm-hmm. For anything to be a thought, we must perceive it. Through this principle, it's believed that God is consciousness or thought, and the universe is a manifestation of the mind of God. Using this law, we too can harness the power of our minds and create the life that we want. Oh, that's kind of beautiful, don't you think? Yeah, I love this one. I absolutely love this one. Kind of diving into this, all is mine, the universe is mental. It's all about our thoughts and creating through our thoughts. And it's interesting, like think about it in the Bible. What was one of the first things he said? And the word was God and God was the word. So it's like he spoke it into existence. And and speaking it comes from thought, right? So he had to think about it first, right? Yeah. It's interesting to kind of think of it from this angle that our life and what we can do with it and how we can harness the power of our own personal minds to create the life that we want. But I mean, it's really quite simple if you really think about it, because most people really have a hard time controlling their thoughts. But if we are constantly thinking about something going wrong, then our behavior is going to follow through with that. Mm hmm. I often use an example of if your husband invited you to a company party and you were fearful of going in front of a lot of people because you're afraid they're going to judge you or they're going to think that something about you that they didn't like and nobody was going to talk to you and nobody was going to like you. So my question is always when I ask my clients is how do you suppose when she actually gets to the party, she's going to behave? Yeah, she's going to be all, you know, tucked up, mm-hmm. a nervous wreck, and nobody's going to talk to her. Well, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. She's gonna, so, yeah, she's going to be all, like, unapproachable. Mm-hmm. And when you're unapproachable, when people see you acting unapproachable, then they don't approach you. Yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so when I think about this, I always think about it from the opposite perspective. So what if you just tell yourself you're going to have a great time? I'm going to have a great time at this party. I am going to no matter what, even if nobody talks to me, it doesn't really matter because I'm going to just have so much fun. Mm-hmm. And so you go into it from that mindset where, you know, you're probably going to be smiling. You'll probably engage with people. You're going to just have nice conversations and people are going to see you as being approachable and they'll speak to you to walk away with a different mindset. So what happens is, is our thoughts kind of transform into our words and our words transform into actions and our actions becomes our character and other people see that and they respond to it. It all starts with that thought and whether or not you're looking at it from a magical perspective or just life and how human nature responds to you, you'll see that those kind of things end up happening. There's a story that I love where these two guys, they were driving together in a car on a road trip. And as they're driving, they see this big, huge house. I mean, this huge mansion. And one of the guys said, oh my God, we have to stop. I have to look at this. So they get out of the car and they're looking and he's like, wow, this is amazing. I love this. And the other guy goes, I'll never have anything like this. And he goes, you're right. You won't. And he got mad at him and he said, why would you say something like that? And he goes, because as long as that's what you believe, you'll never have it. Mm -hmm. As opposed to a person that believes that they're going to have something like that, they'll make it happen. And like my brother is a perfect example. He was absolutely 
gung-ho on creating this very flourishing life. And he said, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be a success. I'm going to make a success. I'm going to give everything that I felt like I didn't get to my children. And that's exactly what he did. And he became a huge success because of that, because he was determined to make that happen. So whether you're talking about from a magical perspective or you're just talking about life in general, your mind is the creator of all things. It's the first point. So it isn't mentalism. It's all mental. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even if you're if you're not open to the idea of the house or what you're looking for, it can't happen until it's in your mind to allow it to happen. So if we consider the initial thought that led you to be able to think about this, right? That thought is influencing the mood that you have right now, right? Absolutely. And if we recognize how much those thoughts manifest every single day, whether internally or psychological or some kind of emotional state, those things that we do or the places that we go and the things we see that we can control our mind and our lives by applying this. Mm -hmm. And we can get better at this through different types of spiritual practices, such as meditation. And we can learn how to train our minds to be in that state of mentalism. We're mentally saying, this is it. This is where I'm going. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All right. So let's go to the next one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Principle of correspondence. So in the Kabbalah, it says, as above, so below, as below, so above. We've all heard this quote before, and I know mm -hmm. you've heard it many times, mm -hmm. but maybe you've never knew it was Hermes who first coined it. Mm -hmm. It's closely related to the first principle of mentalism that states that we hold our thoughts in our mind and they become our reality. It explains mm -hmm. the many planes of existence, including those lower and higher vibrational frequencies and how they're connected. You want to run with this? <laughs> So yes, the principle of correspondence. Well, it reminds me of, uh, I guess, the idea of a macrocosm and a microcosm, right? The, the bigger universe and then the universe within us, right? Us being reflections of the universe. And so I think that's what this principle is getting at, uh, the truth that there's kind of a correspondence between different planes of existence, right? You know, a, a way that we can apply this is to understand your connection to the world around you and how you can show up for yourself and the universe through your thoughts and your actions. When we take a firm grasp on how we're interacting with life and how it's affecting us, we recognize the, the patterns mm -hmm. and we want to live in alignment with our highest good and feel harmonious with everything that is, you know, kind of thinking about that. It's really interesting because interacting with life and how it's affecting us and recognize and break those patterns, live in alignment with our highest good and feel harmonious with everything that is. No, <sighs> I see this as kind of like showing up for life. A lot of times we don't show up for life. We just run patterns, you know, and this is talking about recognizing those patterns. What kind of patterns are you running and how can you break those patterns? And how's that 
pattern affecting your life. Like if you know this is a pattern, then that's the first step is recognizing it. The second step is recognizing how it affects you. And then coming up with some kind of plan to break those patterns and really try to focus on living in alignment with your highest good, not what other people want you to do, not what everybody says you should do, but to actually like connect with the divine and live in your highest good. Like if everybody did that, can you imagine what the world would be like? Oh, it'd be wonderful. Yeah. So what do you think? I, I love it. I think too, this idea of, of correspondence and, you know, what is above is below can be applied to exploring our own self, looking interior to ourself to understand, discover more of ourselves. Like we we're you know, a lot of times we have what's on the surface, we project that out into the world. Oh, we forget what's what's interior. Well, you know, I I think that maybe that's something that I think I would like you to explain this as above, so below thing. <laughs> you know, because I, I hear it so much that what exactly does that mean? Well, I, I can see it from two different uh, perspectives. Okay. Right? So from like a magical or more spiritual perspective, we've got this idea that there's the, uh, these other planes of existence, right? Mm -hmm. And you can manifest something on these, these other, these astral planes of existence and then project them down to our more mundane plane of existence, right? It's a way of just like mentalism, creating reality for ourselves. So there's like this magical idea of as above, so below. But I also see it in nature, this idea of correspondence, right? You look up into the sky. If you look at the universe, you see these spiraling, swirling galaxies, right? Mm -hmm. You look back down on earth and you see a pattern of a hurricane. It's hard not to make the connection of the sort of, universality of our universe from the macro large scale phenomena to the very like micro teeny tiny things that we so, find. So I'm hearing you say that you can like step into that space sort of like through meditation, you know, visualizing it and creating it up there in this visual space mm -hmm. and then allowing it to, to kind of manifest into your life. Mm -hmm. But it also said, as below, so above. So how does that, how does that work in that direction? What do you think that means? Well, I guess in my mind, I'm seeing the above as that, that higher plane, that spiritual plane, um, the plane that's maybe difficult uh, for most of us to access. And then the below is, is, can, can be us. Um, but we can also take it to like different levels, like stories of a building, like take the the above as as us in our, our mundane lives and then the below digging into our own um, subconscious. Right. I mean, there's general ideas with, OK, mentalism, correspondence, um, but finding how they can help you um, in the best way possible works. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting, but I definitely love the idea of being able to create it in a higher plane and allow it to manifest into your life. Mm -hmm. But I also like the idea that you it's never too late and get it right here. Absolutely. <laughs> get it right here. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so let's move to the next one. Um, oh, yeah, let's. 
So the principle of vibration. So in the Kabbalah, it talks about nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. Yes, believe it or not, that idea, vibes, has been a long time. You know, I mean, it's been around for a really long time, right? Mm -hmm. And the principle of vibration states that all things, both physical and matter, and spiritual energy hold a certain vibration. Basic science tells us that atoms are constant in motion. And as the universe itself is also in constant motion, even our hearts as it beats gives off a different vibration depending on the emotional state. And when we are vibing high, we're able to avoid low level frequencies that don't serve us. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, and interestingly enough, um, well, sometimes when, I, when I'm having clients that are having uh, more struggles, I tend to, you know, put them on frequencies, mm -hmm. go home and listen to this all night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that vibration of that frequency can actually kind of like absorb into them and help them move through things a little faster. You know, you're the scientist. This is a, uh, and this is a science question. I want to know, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, I love this one because it is true. Nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. Um, you know, particles, subatomic particles, they vibrate at different frequencies, right? Uh, so like the, the idea of like, why is something hotter? Like, why do you feel something be hotter than cooler? It's because the, the molecules, whenever you're touching, are vibrating more frequently. They're moving faster. So I really like this one. But I, I wanted to ask you... Um, Michelle, do you know anything about string theory? Oh, my God. I love string theory. I love, I, but you know what? You're the scientist, so I don't want to, like, botch this up. And well, okay, but I'm not a theoretical physicist, right? I'm a lowly experimentalist. All I know about string theory is this idea that you can describe the universe with these objects known as strings, right? So they've got a length, but they don't have a width, and they don't have a height. And best of all, they vibrate in 11 dimensions, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the idea is how the string is vibrating dictates how it appears to us in our plane of existence, whether it shows up as gravity or if it shows up as light, all has to do with how the string is vibrating. Physicists invoke string theory to try to explain um, these ideas like grand unified theories of the universe, uniting the four fundamental forces early on in the creation of our universe. But I think it's interesting that, you know, Hermes came up with this idea long before we had the idea of the four fundamental forces, grand unified theory or string theory. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, You know, I always kind of thought of uh, string theory as a way of... Um, of explaining multiple dimensions, you know, from that angle, you know? Yeah. Well, if you accept string theory, you have to accept 11 dimensions because they're vibrating mm -hmm. in an 11 dimensional space. Hmm. And that would be what? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I honestly, I can't wrap my mind around. Um, I'm barely functional in our three dimensions. <laughs> Wrapping my mind around 11 dimensions, I got nothing for you. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. That's crazy. This is basically going to look different for everyone. But Absolutely. to apply that third principle, you want to only do things 
but think of thoughts that allow you to be in a state of ease where you, your body is vibrating a more positive level. So apply the first two principles that can help you start by doing this. You might be noticing all the principles are deeply interwoven. With this principle, we acknowledge that we have the power to control our vibration rather than our vibration controlling us. Wow, that's powerful. We, with this principle, we acknowledge that we have the power to control our vibration rather than our vibration controlling us. That means that we're not stuck. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see it. I don't know if you've ever, because um, I, I, I always see you, Michelle, as being like always, you know, so calm, cool, and collected. Um, <laughs> I know I, there have been times in my life where I've gotten into like, you know, the grip of something like super, like just stressed out. All I can think about is being in this whatever state of frustration. And so you're kind of vibrating with that, with that state, right? And that, that state is controlling you. You're, you know, you're kind of helpless. And the only way to get out of that unpleasant experience is to, you know, control your mind, control your, your quote unquote frequency, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that you can um, shift yourself to maybe something a little bit, slower, a little bit calmer and get out of that state. And I think this principle uh, reminds us that we are always capable of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Might just take a little practice. Well, I, I want to say thank you for uh, feeling that way about me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> I am a human being. <laughs> I know most people don't want to think that, you know, but I am human. Um, I, I'll tell you a little secret about me. I was or am a highly emotional person. And when I say was, meaning I allowed those emotions to control me. And now I control the emotions. Mm. So it's mm -hmm. a little bit, it's a little bit different. Like, does it, you know, does it serve me to feel this way? Does it serve me to act this way? And those are the questions that I ask myself majority of the time, as long as I can be conscious enough in the state to be able to control that. Now, have there been moments when my husband's totally pissed me off? <laughs> and I was like, Wah! you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> what the heck? Like, I do have some triggers, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, probably one of the biggest triggers that I have is being accused of something I didn't do. I have that trigger too. Oh my god. It's really, really bad to the point yeah, like my coworkers like joke about it because I will like if anybody like accuses like even if it's not like the accu accusation isn't directed directly at me, mm -hmm. I will be like, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have that too. So maybe like going back to our past life episode, I there's some exploration to be done there too as well. I'm sure. I'm sure. But that will definitely trigger me. Mm -hmm. And um, my husband has a tendency of, you know, using that trigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he knows my trigger. So he's all, mm -hmm. you know, going there. Um, you know, he it's a lot of times he'll exaggerate something. You mm -hmm. always, you always, always you know, yeah. and it may be like, 
one time. You know, like for me, I look at it as an overall sort of thing. Like mm -hmm. one time a month, I do it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, you're always doing it. Like, so we just moved into this house and, and we have a gas stove. Mm -hmm. And I've always had an electric stove. Mm -hmm. And so for the first time, I'm using a gas stove. Well, sometimes the knobs, you know, get a little wonky. And I think that I've got it turned off and I'll turn it all the way the direction, but I haven't totally turned it off. Mm -hmm. So I've left the stove on a couple of times, like literally since we've lived here twice. <laughs> and that's only twice. It's not that's only twice, but it's still twice. But it happened the other night and he was like, you do this all the time. And I'm like, thank you for making me aware of this. You know, Andre, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so hard to keep my you know myself like under control it, it's a conscious effort to not get upset to to know that you're in control of yourself and that mm -hmm. you can control these emotions and not allow them to control you mm -hmm. so a lot of times with me I just pause I'll pause I'll think for a second I'll take a couple of deep breaths I'll think about my response and then and sometimes I'm just like nodding my head you know yeah <laughs> yeah but it gives okay. you a chance to, to a chance. frequency of vibration oh uh, yeah and sometimes I mean there when I was first learning how to do this I would literally go on a run or a walk mm -hmm. like I need to leave Mm -hmm. And I would put some earphones on and I would like start running and, and, you know, literally I was cussing him out in my head mm -hmm. and, you know, like, motherfucker, you know, yeah. <laughs> can't believe you did this, you know? And, and so I told you I'm not perfect, but mm -hmm. it, it took a while, you know, to, mm -hmm. and then there was times where I'd sit there and write it, write him out this nasty letter, like, Oh, you know, this is how I feel because I didn't, I was trying so hard to get the emotions out. Mm -hmm. And I realized that all I needed to do was calm down. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I needed to get the emotions out. So the walking and the running helped me calm down. And once I calmed down, suddenly my thought process was different. Mm -hmm. Suddenly I was thinking it from a different angle. So I would come back in and I'd say, can we talk? And he'd say, yes. And I'd say, okay here's the situation and blah, blah, blah. And I would talk through it in a very calm way. And what happens most of the time when you're having a conversation with people, if you pay attention to this, is most of the time people match your vibration. So, yeah. so if you're talking calm, they'll talk calm back. I said most of the time. And sometimes mm -hmm. they'll, because they can't control themselves. But if you continue to talk calm, they'll eventually start talking calm back. Mm -hmm. You know what that reminds me of in, in physics? You what? know what resonance is? Have you heard of resonance? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So this idea of you can get something to vibrate at a, a higher amplitude uh, by having something next to it vibrating at that object's natural frequency, right? So, so vibration can be transmitted between mm -hmm. objects that and, and that's actually right I mean mm -hmm. you can literally get somebody to match you by you choosing to lead the vibration mm -hmm. 
as long as you're sitting there and some people it takes a little longer to do it, you know, with, but as long as you're just sitting there calm, it's, it's like, they don't have anything to fight with. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's no game to play here. You know, a fight or an argument is just tossing the ball with more energy. Mm -hmm. It's like you toss the ball at me with a lot of energy. I get mad that you hit me with that. So I, I'm like, oh, how dare you? And I throw it at you with even more force. And then you're pissed because I just did that. So, you know, it just kind of goes back and forth until something breaks. The ball hits something else and, you know, an explosion happens. Mm -hmm. And that breaks people's hearts. It breaks their emotions. It breaks their spirit. However, if you just take the ball when they throw it at you and you just sit it down and you just listen and they throw another one you just sit it down eventually they're going to be like they don't have anything to fight back with yeah there's nothing less left to throw at you right exactly so they you know so the only thing they're left with is themselves and a lot of times they can reconcile that a lot easier than they can reconcile something with somebody else mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I've, I've i started using that technique um experimenting that with my husband and what i ended up finding was he would like, and then I would just go, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then he would just let it go and it would never get brought up again. And, you know, until the next time I left the stove on, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, so hopefully I don't do that again. <laughs> I'm going to have to make a conscious effort. That's right. Being mindful. Anyway, let's go to the next one. Um, Principle of polarity. Mm-hmm. Everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has its pairs of opposites. Like the unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. Extremes meet. All truths are, but half truths and all paradoxes are reconciled. Wow. Mm, that's a big one. Yeah. So the principle of polarity explains that seemingly opposite things are actually one and the same of various degrees. I need to ask you about that in a second. Mm -hmm. A simple example of this is hot and cold. Cold is just the absence of heat. And they're both the same thing, temperature. Physical matter and spiritual energy are the same thing. The spiritual energy vibrating at a much higher level, such as that it can't be perceived by our senses. Love and hate are two ways of experiencing the same thing, a relationship towards something. This is the foundation of alchemy or the ability to transmute your experiences at will. Wow, that's Mm. pretty powerful. Yep, I agree. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the concept of polarity reminds me of like a magnet, right? Which has two poles, a North Pole and a South Pole. And I know you've used magnets as um, for a metaphor of of attraction, right? Mm -hmm. If it, you know, and this idea of the North Pole and the South Pole, they're, they're both magnets. They're both the same thing, but still at the same time, very opposite. And what I'm understanding from this principle of polarity is that if you're experiencing something negative, right, that you don't want to be experiencing, there is the opposite waiting for you, right, on the other end. But perhaps even better, you don't have to go to either end. Um, You can find that middle way that we've talked about in between those two extremes. 
Hmm. Interesting. So applying this principle of polarity takes a degree of mental stamina. And that actually involves shifting the way you look at something is basically what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, you know, experiencing, like we're talking about with the last one, like being in sort of the grip of frustration or anger and sort of shifting your emotion Mm -hmm. to um, calmness and lovingness. Right. Um, So potentially it's all in your head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what the theme I'm seeing through all of these principles is how similar they are, right? The common thread that, that winds them all together. Right. Okay. So if you take hate, if you take the hate you feel for someone, is there any way that you can shift it to the feelings of love, for example, and anytime a lower vibration emotion is bringing you down, you can recognize it, feel it, and transmute it into a positive one. You know, I believe that because I'm a half full kind of girl, mm-hmm. last half full kind of girl. Mm-hmm. So I can always do that. But, um, and it works for me. It always works because as soon as I transmute it into, oh, well, you know, da, 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 this is what could happen. But I have found like working with my clients that that's a very difficult thing for them to do is to see something extremely negative and transmute it into something more positive. And that brings up that question that I asked to one of my proctors, going back to the last episode that we did on past life regressions, I asked my proctor, how do you overcome being burned at the stake? (laughs) (laughs) How do you get over that one? Yep. How can you transmute that experience? Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. when that, uh, the English lady that Proctor mm-hmm. um, reached out to help me, she said that I came into this lifetime to overcome that obstacle and to get it right this time. And it really kind of helped me with really kind of diving into the bigger reason. Like, why was I burned at the stake? What was actually going on around that? And and it ended up being about judgment. So if I can overcome that judgment and work on that and transmute that into, well, but how many people am I here to be helping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely the principle of polarity is asking you to do this mental alchemy, right? Mm-hmm. To shift on something profoundly difficult or negative into Mm -hmm. a positive. That's a hard one to do though. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people know how to do that? (laughs) I would say not many. And (laughs) even people who do know how to do it might not be able to do it consistently. So I feel like this is one that might require some practice and persistence. Yeah. Well, I definitely... I personally, it's easy for me to do because I've practiced it a lot. So I have a tendency of kind of going that direction anyway. But most people have a really hard, they're like, well, how do you get there? How do you do that? How do you do that? You know, it's difficult because you've got to see what's actually going to come from it by that happening. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the benefit that actually comes from that negative experience? Mm -hmm. And shifting it can, you know, be kind of hard. But you know how they say there's a, there's a fine line between love and hate. Mm-hmm. So the person that you hate so much, you're probably hating them because they're a reflection of something about yourself. 
Yeah. And so if you can resolve that within yourself, then you can actually experience them from a different nature and love them for reflecting on you so yeah. that you can see those things in you that you need to change. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I know. This is a great conversation. I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to go to the next one, the principle of rhythm. Mm. Everything flows out and in. Everything has tides. All things rise and fall. The pendulum swings manifest in everything. The measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left. Rhythm compensates. Closely related to the principle of polarity, the fifth principle states that between the opposite poles, there exists a inherent rhythm and the tides move in and out. We inhale, we exhale. Everything is in motion. Nature has its seasons and so do we. Understanding the principle allows us to recognize our lives and the universe and the natural rhythms so that we can actually work with them and rather having them work against us. I love this one because one day... I went to church with my mom and uh, this preacher was talking about this actually. Ah, interesting. Yeah. And he was, and he came up with this really great concept that I loved. And that was that, you know, you're having a bad day. So you just know that the sun will always come out tomorrow. You know, you Mm -hmm. know that. Yeah. And so, like, every single time I have a wave of something, I'm like, that just means I'm closer. That just means I'm closer to the good thing that's about to come. And that's what I try to do. I'm like, all right. Aside from what the other thing I do is try to see what I can learn from it. Okay, Mm -hmm. what is the universe trying to teach me? What do I need to learn from this experience? Mm -hmm. And by learning from this experience, how can I navigate it better the next time it comes along. So a perfect example of that is I was uh, chatting with um, my proctor and she was telling me, well, she was at, she was checking on me and asking me how things were going. And I told her it was going great. You know, I was like, yeah, everything's going really good. I'm feeling so great. Everything's wonderful. I feel like I've just sort of like mastered this thing And then I come back and I said, but you know, you know, that little hoop that I had to jump through, it took me six months to be able to overcome that. And I said, I don't want to have that happen again. I don't want to go through six months of, you know, that again. And she goes, well, you know, it's going to come around again. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, my heart started racing. (laughs) I was like, And she said, there's going to be something else that's going to challenge you like that. She goes, but the good thing is, is while things are good right now, you can, you know, work within yourself and learn how to navigate it so that it doesn't take you so long to move through it the next time. So, like, reflect on it and see, like, when it comes up, how can you navigate that experience Mm -hmm. the next time? So I've been kind of processing that a lot lately and asking myself this question because it is kind of a, you know, it's a scary thing, you know, when a bomb blows up in front of you and then you're supposed to sit here and like pick the pieces back up and it could take a while for that to happen. How do you do that? For me, I know in that experience that I was dwelling on the fact that 
somebody betrayed me and I sat on that too long. Mm -hmm. Instead of just working on picking the pieces up, I let the pieces fall and I left them where they were. Mm -hmm. So because I was dwelling on the fact that somebody that I cared about, a friend betrayed me. Mm -hmm. So what the way that I see that is that I can, I know that there's a rhythm and that something, maybe not a betrayal, but there'll be something else that comes up again. Mm -hmm. When it does, this time, I'm not going to let those emotions get the best of me. Like the pieces fell. Mm -hmm. What I'll do is I'll immediately pick them up Mm -hmm. instead of waiting six months to pick them up. You know what I mean? Don't don't allow. It's kind of like don't let the emotions get the best of you. You know, Mm -hmm. we're saying, oh, you're so calm. I'm like, well, you know, I wasn't so calm during that time. I mean, I was very emotional about it. How do we navigate that? We learn from those experiences and we realize that the next time it does show up because the universe will bring it back. It Mm -hmm. always does until it can prove that you've mastered it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of like what it's talking about here, that rhythm of the tides moving in and out. It's kind of knowing that there's going to be a brighter day. It will clear up. It always does. A storm comes and then the sun comes out and all that stuff gets cleared up, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you navigate the storm? You know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the big question is, you know, how are you going to handle yourself during that time? And, and then are you going to sit there and dwell on it to where it destroys the rest of your life? Or are you going to, you know, navigate this whole situation a little bit differently and realize, okay, the sun's out now. I'm going to start cleaning up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. interesting, right? Interesting. Okay. So um, knowing that nothing lasts forever and things are ever changing as mm-hmm. we're into working with this particular law. You're going to be able to work on your own personal emotional states and avoid the dramatic pendulum swings of feelings. Um, It's thought that eventually the master will be able to completely transcend duality. But if you're just getting started, try becoming more aware of the emotional state and using polarity and rhythm to start getting more comfortable with the natural flexes of your life. I want to kind of like back up a little bit. It is thought that eventually the master will be able to completely transcend duality. What does that mean? Uh, In my mind, I'm visualizing a pendulum swinging and the duality of up and down and back up on the other side, right? So that duality is the pendulum on either side. I think transcending um, that duality is being able to sit with the pendulum up like it's like that moment when you're you're breathing or you're meditating and at the top of the breath you can sometimes just hold it mm-hmm. um so i'm a ima- that's what i'm imagining the idea of like you're transcending that that rhythm hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna look up transcend um okay so transcend means to go beyond the range of limits Something abstract, typically conceptual field of division, surpass. What what do you what do you think that means? 
that go beyond the range of limits. So transcend. So it's like you're transcending. You're going beyond the range of limits. So when you are transcending the duality, you're not. You're no longer limited to maybe like going going back again to the the analogy of a pendulum in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, transcending um, that duality could mean moving beyond that pendulum swing. Or maybe even moving in a different plane of vibration, right? If we're if you're you're stuck in this rut of moving back and forth in this one direction, maybe to transcend that duality, you need to start moving forwards and backwards. You know that that's that's actually a really good perspective because you know what? Let's just think about the pandemic, for example. Uh, a lot of people transcended the problem while others just sat in the problem. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of people started working from home Mm -hmm. and they started doing all their meetings from home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Others, they, you know, the businesses just collapsed because they didn't know how to work differently. Yeah. pivot. They needed to transcend their duality. Yeah. That's all there is to it, really. Yeah. It's, it's literally about pivoting. Yeah. 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 Finding a different way to, to move out of your ruts. Yeah, it's kind of like working with that pendulum, you know, yeah. it's like swinging with it, mm-hmm. you know, you swing with it. It's like, okay, it's moving this way. So I'm going to kind of work with that and use that energy mm-hmm. to continue what I was doing. Yeah, use the energy you have to transform the situation to wow, that's, what that's you want like it to be. Powerful. Yeah, I like that. I think I think we have we have some good ideas here on the principle of rhythm. Yeah, I really like that. That to me was like really, really, really powerful. So like using that example of um, of that, you know, what happened to me, um, how would I transcend that duality, that swing of the pendulum that literally like kind of almost crashed my business? Mm-hmm. I, you know, when it was with the pandemic, I just went all virtual mm-hmm. and I started focusing in on people that were in the virtual space and pulling clients from that angle. But when that kind of got collapsed, <laughs> I stopped depending so much on the social space and moved into, um, you know, the local space. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's, that's kind of, I'm answering my own question there. It's, you're just sort of like moving with the pendulum. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. Love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next one, um, cause and effect, the principle of cause and effect. Every cause has an effect. Every effect has a cause. Everything happens according to the law. Chance is, but the name of law not recognized. There are many planes of causation but nothing escapes the law. Everything is connected through the principles of cause and effect, and each cause of one thing is merely the effect of something else. Going back to the very beginning, ask yourself, are you the cause? Are you the effect? The principle is all about acknowledging the effects of your thoughts and behaviors and how we may change them to bring greater effects. Wow, that's a powerful one too. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, I feel like it's a pretty easy one to grasp, Mm -hmm. right? Some of these other ones have been a little bit more abstract, but to me, this just says, if you want, if you want a thing, 
you have to do something to make the thing happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And starting with your own mind. Uh, so I, I, I like this one. You know, it's interesting. I always tell my clients, there's, you know, when they always tell me I was wrong, I was wrong, I was wrong. And I'm like, nope, there's no wrong, right or wrongs. There's no such thing as right or wrong. There's only cause and effect. Yeah. Everything has a reaction. So if you look at it from a, a very scientific perspective, you're just like, okay, you know that every time you lose your temper, that there's this result that comes from it that damages the relationship and your husband becomes more distant, this, that, and the other. So if you know that that's the effect and you want, and you keep on getting upset because you want a different effect, you're like, you know, so I ask them, I'm like, well, why do you get so upset? Because I want the attention or I want him to do something different. And I'm like, well, you know that if you handle it this way, you get this result. You've done it 50 zillion times and you keep on getting the same result. So maybe try something different. Yep. Not to get a different effect. Yep. So a lot of times I say, you know, know your partner, pay attention to them, know what causes the different type of effect, pay attention to them. Notice that you know, I told this one lady, I said, just take notes, like just sit there and take notes, watch him like a hawk, write down everything he does. Watch when the dogs do this, how does he respond? When the dogs do this, how does he respond? Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is that you learn more about that person just on their day-to-day -day behavior on what actually causes them to react a certain way. It's basic stuff here. But most people, this is a hard one for them. They just keep on rinse and repeat, do the same thing over yeah. and over again, over and over again, yeah. and expect something different. <laughs> no, yeah. every effect has its cause. Every cause has its effect. Like this is a, this is a good one. Yeah. So when something doesn't go as planned or you find yourself unhappy, what you need to do is just ask yourself what that cause is. Many times we find ourselves reacting to the world around us, trapped in this back and forth reacting to our circumstances rather than forging our own path. When we take action, we get an effect we want. We move from feeling like a victim to feeling empowered. That's. Mm, I like it. I like I it. I know. That's really great. Mm -hmm. Okay. The last one. Last one. Phew. I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, the principle of gender. Gender is everything. Everything has its masculine and feminine principles. Gender manifests on all planes. The seventh principle states that all things have masculine and feminine qualities. Yes, the two sexes can be thought of as physical manifestation of this principle, but we're all coming to understand on an internal level that we hold both energies think left brain right brain masculine and feminine energy exists in not only the physical plane but the material and the spiritual plane as well the unity of these two energies is essential for creation and when one has the balance of both they're better able to apply all these principles together for maximum benefit hmm are you, do you think that this is saying uh, that we need to have that balance within ourselves? Like we need to have a balance of feminine and masculine energy? Yeah, that's exactly how I read this. Um, mm -hmm. When I was, you know, taking notes to prepare for our, this episode, um, at first I got a little bit stuck on this one because um, I wasn't quite sure. But the conclusion I came to is that this idea of um, 
masculine and feminine principles that everything has a little bit of both. And the, the, the goal of this principle is, is to balance them within us, essentially to balance our minds, Mm -hmm. um, to, if we're, if we're trying to obtain some level of self mastery, um, the requirement of this principle is to, to balance. Mm-hmm. Right. And Buddha called the middle way and all of it. It's all about balance of masculine, feminine, of heavenly and earthly mind and body and spirit. And when we can achieve this balance within ourselves, we are equipped to harness all the principles to use them in our lives. Mm-hmm. And all of this sounds a lot like, don't worry, happy. <laughs> these principles, they run very deep and it can take a long time to fully understand and embody them. And every time you come back to them, you may understand them in a new way and on a deeper level. And in time, these principles can help you master your own mind and your life as a whole. You know, yeah, this particular website that we're actually reading from is called mindbodygreen.com. Um, it's it's under articles and the seven hermetic principles. So if you guys are interested in um, pulling this information, it's definitely I like to acknowledge, you know, some of the intel that we get. <laughs> exactly. Well, it definitely helped us spark our conversation about the seven principles. Yeah, I mean, this is this is really interesting. I love this last one, you know, because it really kind of comes down to too much of something, too little of something, really kind of in, you know, finding that middle ground, finding the middle way, you know, balancing the energies within you. I know that I have a tendency of having a lot of masculine energy. So when I'm not working, I really try to embrace the feminine energies a little Mm -hmm. bit more, you know, Mm -hmm. it's important to me that I I hold that balance. But sometimes, you know, that that masculine energy kind of creeps on (laughs) it, you know, just that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's um. It's, it's really been challenging for me to really embrace that feminine energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, but I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm doing a fairly good job. I mean, I'm more cognitive about it and making conscious choices to, to sit in that space. So um, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I just um, like how these seven principles tie together Um I think all of them to work really require sort of application and practice. And um, a lot of how they're applied will be personal to every individual. Um, But if you can apply them, I think they can be life changing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's amazing. I love this conversation to me today was even more profound because it really, really all just kind of comes down to you're making the choices. Yeah, yeah. You get to choose what your life is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And you can call that magic. I see it as magic. I think anything that sets outside of rhythm is magic, okay? Mm -hmm. When you are consciously making a choice to make something happen, you're, you're creating magic. You're finding a way to create that balance in your life, you know? But... 
you can term it however you want. You can call it psychology, you know, <laughs> and it is on a lot of levels, right? Or philosophy. But the bottom line is, is that we're here on this rock for a certain period of time. And we're here for a reason. And we're here to work through these challenges and that are presented. And these challenges are presented to us by divinity through God, you know, and, and, and that's to elevate our consciousness, to raise us into a higher level. And the ultimate goal here is to walk that middle path, mm-hmm. um, to sit in the space of love, to sit in the space of acceptance. And, and that's hard because we want to polarize ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Extreme opposites, you know, it's like I stand really hard on this and this is how I believe. And I find that this is... Um, Really interesting because I think if people can really grasp the concept of these things and apply it to their lives, they can make a huge difference. I agree. I agree. Well, this has been a beautiful conversation and I've absolutely enjoyed it. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. So we will see you on the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Hi, this is Michelle, and I want to take this opportunity to thank you for engaging in this podcast and taking this journey with us where we are raising your consciousness. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram and on Facebook so that you can actually engage with us, ask us questions, offer some suggestions or anything that you would be willing to, you know, throw out there for us. We want to engage with our public. We look forward to hearing back from you and starting this journey. See you next time.